0: Welcome to the Future is Gold podcast series, hosted by Alexandra Cosma. We believe in empowering you to take control of your future so you can live the life that you want. And we do that by allowing you to buy, send, spend, earn and secure the world's oldest currency, gold, while being supported by modern technology. At Nuggets, our mission is clear. We're making gold accessible for everyone by giving you the knowledge and expertise needed to make informed and smart financial decisions that benefit you.
1: Hi, and welcome back to Episode 8 of the Futurist Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Alexandra, and on this episode, we will be looking at the interplay between culture and gold around the world. In Episode 1 of the podcast, we looked at the discovery of gold in ancient civilizations and how it was utilized through time. This episode will focus on how different countries globally view and use gold in different ways. I'm joined today by two great guests from our Nuggets team. We have Dino, our Chief Business Officer, and Srishti, our Marketing Manager for India. We will look at both Srishti and Dino's cultural understanding of gold, as well as traditions around gold in their respective countries. Over to you first, Srishti. Based on your personal cultural background, how do you view gold? Is it an integral part of your country's traditions?
2: Thanks for having me over, Ali. Um, So gold in Indian history is more than an investment. It is a culturally significant metal which has found place in Indian hearts and home alike. Many people think that Indians are gold crazy. Though this statement cannot be completely negative, the truth is that gold has always had a special significance for all ages. It is true that a vast majority of the Indian population survives on meagre resources, but despite that, they find ways to find gold and make it an integral part of their lives, irrespective of gold rates in their cities and towns.
1: I think that's what's really interesting about uh, India, Srishti. As you said, most people, they don't earn big salaries, but they still always find the resources and the money to purchase gold. Dino, over to you now. Why is gold such an important, precious metal around the world?
3: Well, because I think uh, it speaks to both our psychology and our practicality. Of all the elements in the periodic table, and uh, 118 of them, it combines the most unique properties. It has the colour and brightness of the sun that makes our life possible. And since antiquity, it has dressed and gifted the gods It has substance in weight, i.e. it is dense. Um, It does not corrode and it is malleable. You may be surprised to know that you can beat an ounce of gold, which I think is about 28 grams, out to about 17 square meters of gold leaf. It is rare, but available in sufficient quantities to mint as money to be used as a medium of exchange and the store of value. It is the ultimate currency with no counterparty risk that preserves purchasing power over time.
1: Absolutely. It definitely is the ultimate currency. I have to agree with you there on that. You know, gold, it's highly sought after and valued in absolutely any culture. A gift of a piece of gold jewellery, it means something to anyone, regardless of where they come from. We have the old adage all that glitters is not gold this saying is known worldwide and gold it lends itself as a commemorative medium to various engagements throughout the world like we have golden anniversaries you celebrate your golden jubilee gold medals for our top Olympic athletes, gold credit cards are always the best of the best and so on. But what we do find is that certain countries, they place a higher focus on gold as an integral part of their culture. Srishti, when we talk about culture and gold, we have to talk about India. Does gold play a pivotal role in any of the cultural or religious events in India?
2: Indeed, Ali. Uh, in India, people buy gold anytime and not only during special occasions like wedding, festivals, special events. Gold is also offered to the Indian deities. The Indian Hindu calendar even has auspicious days to buy gold like Dhanteras and Dashera. Gold is also bought on festivals like Onam, Pongal and Durga Puja. To add to this, India is home to a few rich temples like Sri Padmanama uh, Swami temple in Kerala. This is the world's largest temple. It holds treasures containing thousands of tons of gold valued in excess of 20 billion US dollars. The richest temple in the world in terms of donations is the Rupiti temple of Andhra Pradesh. It is currently sitting on pure gold reserves of over 9,000 kilos. Now, for the last two decades, it's been keeping its gold in various nationalized banks, and it is believed to be earning about 100 kilos of gold as annual interest on gold deposits in the bank. Then we have uh, Sri Lakshmi Narayani Golden Temple in Tamil Nadu, which is covered in 15 kilograms of pure gold. Having said that, let me go back to festivals and gold. Let's take dhan for that matter. The word dhan translates to wealth. This day is considered the most favorable time to purchase gold and other possessions of value as it is believed that money spent on this day shall come back a thousandfold. Dantaras is also considered a highly auspicious day to buy gold as the, as the precious metal is set to protect one from bad omens. It is believed that gold symbolizes good luck and shall come back in a much higher amount if bought on this particular day. And considering gold and other precious metals tend to have a higher resale value, it makes complete sense. So you will find jewelers all across India setting up exciting deals during this time and many people flocking to buy jewelry, even if it means just buying gold coins as a part of the tradition. So here's a fun fact, I was named money for the reason that I was born on the same day as Dhanteras. So that's that's how it is. Um, Talking of this other festival called Akshya Tritya is a day dedicated to Lord Vishnu, the preserver of the universe. The day is earmarked for new beginnings, be it new venture, activity, construction or business. It is believed that what began on this day, grows indefinitely with fewer hurdles to progress. And so people invest in gold on this day deemed as a lucky move. It is believed to multiply gold stock in the household. On this day, gold, silver, and jewelry shops generally have long queues of customer with the total gold volume sales touching the year's peak all over the country. Buying gold on this day is considered as a sign of good luck and an invitation to prosperity into the household in the age old Hindu tradition, so
1: yeah. Well, Srishti, I think it's certainly fitting that your nickname is Money, and now you're working with us at Nuggets, a gold company. Um, Obviously, being born on Den uh, Day played some significance in your life, which I think is super interesting. We know, Srishti, that India is definitely one of the largest markets for gold. Um, And obviously, the precious metal plays such a central role in your culture. But there are many other examples of geographical diversity in the context of gold. For example, in China, gold is often gifted to younger members of the family for special occasions. And there is a tradition of giving gold to newborn babies in the form of tiny necklaces or bracelets. We also see gold really embedded in Turkish life. Uh, The Turkish merchants, they pioneered the use of gold coins in ancient Lydia And today, gold still continues to be a driver in the national economy. Dino, my next question is for you. How do you think culture impacts the way that people value gold?
3: That's an interesting one, uh, Ali. I'm using some examples. First one is Germany. The cultural links in Germany are the embedded collective memories of the hyperinflation years in the world period between First World War and the Second World War where we had uh, massive hyperinflation in Germany and the um, society was, was shattered, the social fabric was shattered. And that subsequently led uh, Hitler into power and into the Second World War. Uh, hence, Germany continues to be the most important physical gold market for Italian investors in Europe. And you will find that today. The second example is the United States. We all know that the United States has developed very big financial markets. Financial markets are opportunity costs to investing in gold, whether you're investing in bonds, whether you're investing in stocks. Uh, So that's very much embedded and has been embedded uh, for uh, many years in the United States. But there is another side to it. It's the power or the balance of power between the states and the federal government and you have a, uh, of, um, a minority of people of what we call uh, gold enthusi- enthusiasts that uh, are much more akin to uh, support the power of the states. At least we forget in uh, the US Constitution, it is mentioned that no state shall make anything but gold and silver coin tender in payment of debts. So there is reference. There is little reference to money, the US Constitution, but that's, uh, that's one of them. The third, uh, third example is China. And as you know, China traditionally has had a uh, very uh, uh, meager safety net, social security net. People there were not, uh, the public were not allowed to own gold until 2004. After the uh, period of uh, Mao, Particularly from 1983 to about 2004, the central Bank of China, the People's Bank of China, accumulated very significant quantities of gold as a reserve asset. And in 2004, not only did, did, did it allow the public to acquire gold, but very actively encouraged them to do so. And the evidence we have tell us that the Chinese public owned something close to. 20,000 uh, tons of gold. If you think that the total amount of gold that has ever been extracted is close to 200,000 tons, you can, see, you can see the significance in, in the culture there. And obviously, for India is another one, but I defer to Christy, who's giving us a very good take on the Indian gold market.
1: Well, they're great examples, Dino, and I wasn't aware about that with China, that the people weren't actually allowed to own gold. Um, Up until 2004. It's super interesting. Um, You mentioned India again. Srishti, why do you think Indian people are so drawn to gold? Um, So a few of the reasons that I can think of would be one,
2: gold is considered an equivalent for liquid cash. So gold is highly liquid and portable as a security or an asset. It can be converted to cash anytime when an emergency arises and is considered a friend in need. Secondly, um, especially in India, gold symbolizes wealth. In Indian weddings, the gold brought by the bride shows her family's status and wealth. It is believed that a bride wearing 24-carat gold on their wedding brings luck and happiness throughout married life. Um, Thirdly would be gold is considered to be a great investment, a safe and a secure one. So gold is an asset which has consistently increased in value. So, and the, then the fourth I can think I would say is um, it, because it gold is considered as a gift item. It is precious and worthy across all cultures and time. The gold jewelry is given as gift during weddings, festivals, and special other special occasions. Fifth would be um, gold has great religious significance. It is a symbol of the Hindu goddess Lakshmi and is considered highly auspicious. Traditionally, jewelry pieces like anklets and toe rings are never made of gold as it tree the goddess of wealth and should not be soiled by touching the human feet. Um, sixth would be great ornamental value. Who can resist gold ornaments? Women of every age and time have always loved wearing gold ornaments. It may be remembered that wedding rings are also traditionally made of gold to mark a long lasting relationship. Seventh would be great value as heirloom. Good gold jewelry is something that can be passed from one generation to the other as ancestral property. This is why people say gold is forever.
1: Well, it certainly is forever um, and we've seen it withstood really the test of time and I love how interwoven it is into Indian culture. I think Indian people, they really understand its value and they're really ahead of the curve with this um, and they have been for centuries. Dino, let me ask you now, what are the factors that impact the gold market? Well,
3: of course, there are several factors that impact the gold market. Uh, Perhaps we can uh, bunch them in a two different categories. The first one is monetary and financial factors. On the monetary side, we have monetary policy. Uh, that is the level of interest rates, the quantity of the money supply, and the value of the respective currency of the country against other currencies in gold, i.e. the FX foreign exchange rate. Uh, secondly, we have a slew of economic data that comes out on a daily basis from different countries around the world, and particularly uh, we pay attention to the economic data that comes out from the major economies. And such economic data is inflation in the form of uh, what we understand to be the consumer price index, but also the producer price index, which is the uh, inputs that go into production, the rate of unemployment, the GDP growth, uh, very important factor, and of course the constituents that make up GDP or aggregate demand, as we call it, uh, which are private government consumption, investment, and imports and exports. Then, of course, we have fiscal policy, and that is particularly relevant uh, with respect to the deficits, uh, budget deficits that governments run. You would have seen in the uh, past couple of years during the coronavirus that governments run very, very significant deficits. Uh, The norm is, for example, in the the EU, the norm is not to run um, um, over a consecutive period, I think it's three years, a budget deficit of uh, more than 3% of GDP. And some of the budget deficits recently have been as high as 15%, even in major countries. Uh, And of course, uh, we should never forget the investment demand for paper gold, paper gold in the form for example of derivative contracts like futures and options. Uh, there's a lot more paper gold than physical gold traded in the major financial centers like uh, London and uh, in the United States. Uh, if we want to use an approximation I would say probably 99 units of paper gold or one unit of physical gold. So you can understand the importance of actually holding physical gold. Then we have the demand and supply factors for actual physical gold. Uh, Jewelry is the biggest one. Nearly half of the physical gold demand comes from this sector, about 48% of the time. The second one is the central banks. Gold is a reserve asset for the central banks and they hold about 34,000 tons out of the 200,000 roughly that has ever been extracted. Uh, The third one is private investment, investment by uh, the private sector, individuals and and, and entities. And of course, then we have the annual production and volumes of recycled gold. The annual production varies, let's say, between 3,000 to 3,500 tons. And then we have um, under a thousand tons in recycled gold, gold that is, uh, uh, gets recycled because it's not sold, like jewelry, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So roughly if you want to use a figure, the annual gold production physical gold is about four, four thousand tons a year. The last one that I would like to mention is the factor of confidence. Now that's where gold, physical gold comes in its own, and that's where you see the most pronounced price movements. If people lose confidence in the government, and confidence in the currency, then gold takes life of its own and has done so for millennia. And I believe we'll continue to lose.
1: Absolutely. I think when times are uncertain, gold tends to thrive, um, which leads into my next question for you, Dino. It's how do the current world events that we're experiencing now, how are they affecting the gold rates?
3: Uh, that's a very interesting question coming at a very interesting time. Uh, the first thing I'd like to mention is that cause of uh, the, the global international monetary system uh, has been there since the end of the Second World War with the uh, institutions. Uh, and it's about time to have a rethink and a re-plumbing. And I think uh, given developments in the markets, Central banks and governments, uh, the digital currencies coming into effect, central bank digital currencies that are coming at the central bank near you in the near future. We we have been expecting these developments and, 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 and this re-plumbing to happen during this decade. Now, we've had since 2008, the global financial crisis, we've had uh, uh, some significant uh, factors that have accelerated. This transition. Uh, One was the global financial crisis itself, which uh, started uh, the money printing by by governments and central banks in order to uh, uh, alleviate the effects. That was uh, accentuated uh, dramatically during the time of the COVID, or the COVID during the last two years. Uh, And now, Uh, we have inflation ended ended into the system. As you can see, you know, the United States officially it's 7.9% as per last figure. Uh, Finally, if you look at shadow stats, which measures inflation uh, on the uh, uh, same uh, uh, metrics that were used in the 1980s, inflation is actually about 16%. So, you know, governments, give you the statistics, they change the basis of the statistics. So, you know, sort take them to the picture. So, uh, now what we have is transition from quantitative easing to quantitative tightening. So, you know, uh, what, uh, what's happening with uh, the US and uh, Europe, uh, a bit more slowly, they're going to be uh, stopping the quantitative easing, and they're going to start withdrawing some, some of that money over a period of time. And of course, we're going to have higher interest rates. When I'm saying with higher interest rates, don't expect to have 5% or something in the major economies. I, the United, the, uh, US just increased uh, its uh, interest rates by 25 basis points, and good luck to finding inflation of fiscal inflation 7.9% with a 25 basis points increase. There will be more to come. That's, uh, that's a negative factor for gold because traditionally, uh, higher interest rates, mean lower gold prices, but that relationship is not what it was uh, because of the distortions caused, caused with the money printing since the great financial crisis. So higher inflation, on top of higher inflation, now we have, uh, we ended into a higher commodity price cycle. Uh, in fact, commodity prices have exploded. You have to look at uh, other commodities, you know, uh, anything from uh, wheat, rice, Um, and everything else, metals, um, aluminium, nickel, uh, and everything you can think of. Uh, And uh, high inflation, high commodity prices are of course positive for gold. We have the elevated geopolitical risks. Uh, That is a positive factor for gold, uh, although uh, very unfortunate in terms of what's happening in, in Ukraine okay, and the stressing events there. Uh, Russia is a major commodity supply, both in agriculture, energy and metals. And that's part of what's caused you know, even further uh, stresses in commodity prices, translating higher inflation around the world, that will very significantly impact the less developed countries that spend a lot on energy and, and, and food. And the last thing that I would like to mention is a uh, very important event which may, you know, not not seem so important to the average person now, but it will come to maybe have a, a, a more more uh, important impact down the line. That's the freezing of the Russian central bank reserves under the sanctions imposed by uh, by the West. What does that mean? That means that the uh, uh, dozens of other central banks around the world looking at russia it had its central bank reserves with uh, central banks around the world in the major currencies those were frozen they cannot be used what can they use the 132 billion of gold reserves that they have in russia nobody can have wow so, uh, that can be an important
1: part. well it certainly is a super interesting time uh, not only for the world but particularly for the gold market Srishti, do you think that there's a growing awareness about the value of gold happening right now around the world? Um,
2: Yes, now with the introduction of digital gold, there definitely is a greater demand um, and excitement for gold, I would say. With everything that's going on in the world right now, there is also a big demand for ways for people to protect themselves from rising inflation. Investing in gold is a great way to insulate um yourself against that we've enabled gold as money with our cutting edge fintech at nuggets we are making gold spendable so you can use gold as everyday money we want to give people that reliability of gold with the spendability of cash so yes this well, is it's where we certainly- are
1: Absolutely. It certainly is exciting times ahead. Um, We're seeing gold move from a dormant asset to more of a dynamic asset with the rise of the modern fintech technology. Srishti and Dino, thank you both for your insights on this episode. It's been absolutely fascinating delving into this topic with you. We looked at the geographical diversity of attitudes towards gold, how current events can impact the gold market, and reasons why different cultures perhaps value gold differently. I think it's fair to say that no matter where in the world you are from, gold holds a small piece in all of our lives. If you're ready to bring more abundance and gold into your life, as well as learn about gold as an investment option, visit us at www.nuggets.com. Thanks for tuning into this episode.
0: Thanks for listening to the Future is Gold podcast. For links and contact details relevant to this episode, please see the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast series so you'll know when the next episode is live and follow Nuggets on social media for more gold standard content. Information contained within this series is general in nature and not directed to your personal situation. So please reach out to us or your financial expert for a more tailored approach. This podcast is a Story league production.